Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. All right, welcome back. Deidre, we're so happy you're here to join us again to continue your story about how you got to your position that you're in now, your journey through academia and research. So yeah, let's hear some more. Yeah, so you 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 decided, you know what, I'm gonna get this professor situation on and popping. And then you was popping for a minute. And popping. It was hot. And then you were like, I was popping. Nah. I wasn't planning on popping though. That was never the plan either, right? Because remember, (laughs) I went to grad school to go become a researcher. I did two summers at IBM Research. Not to get no professorship. I wasn't planning on being no tenure track professor. Um, I would go and you could ask, um, shout out to Dr. Gilbert. Dr. Gilbert is my homie. Um, uh, so, um, I would go to these conferences, right? And, um, Dr. Gilbert, we, I became a, he became a a mentor to me unofficially when, um, I moved to Auburn. So, um, Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. No. Yeah. When I, I moved to Auburn. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. I mean, I'd seen him at conferences and things like that, but um, I didn't know him. And then um, my husband. So we got married. Me and my husband got married. Um, and he had to do an internship as part of his graduation requirements. And so that's what put us mm-hmm. in Alabama because he um mm-hmm. did his internship at um the VA in Tuskegee. And so I was like, oh, boy, we're moving to Alabama. And so I'm <laughs> newly married, trying to finish a PhD, um, popped up and got pregnant, like, right after I got married. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> and so I'm trying to finish a dissertation away from campus um, oh. and, um, and trying to, you know, stay awake and not, you know, be sick. Right. And then, you know, once the baby came, you know being being a mom but yeah no so um i ended up getting a chance to actually um meet with um juan and we kind of he unofficially kind of started to help me as i was trying to finish my dissertation because they were right up the street right and so i go to the lab sometimes and Mm. you know you know i'll be like oh well you know Uh i'm trying to do this thing or this thing and he's like oh you should do this you should do that um you know i think this is really good research or you maybe want to take this thing you know you know come to the library if you need books or you need to get papers or whatever so you know he was really another person that was very influential in my my life right and so you know i'm in auburn alabama trying to finish my dissertation um i want to do research i'm now a two-body problem um right because my (laughs) husband is like he's not going to be in academia he's going to be a clinical psychologist 
And so I was like, I need, I'm trying to figure out how I can make a research career work, right? How do I make a research career work? Can I make a research career work if I'm not in an industry? Can I make a research career work in academia? How do you do that coming straight out of a PhD program, right? And so I would ask these questions when they would have panels and stuff at conferences and everybody would look at me like, that ain't how you do that, right? Like, they're like, no, that's not how that works. Like, literally, that's how everybody would always tell me, like, that's just not how it works. You know, you just go and you go get you a tenure track position and then get your tenure and then you can do what you want. And I'm like, I don't want to do all that before, Right. I'm like, I just want to get to, this, you know, like what chat what was that? Uh, Ocho Cinco, you said that. Don't show me. Don't tell me about the pain. Just show me the baby. I was like, I just want to see the baby. Right. right? <laughs> I'm trying to get to the baby. Um, I can't. <laughs> and so, you know, I was just like, I didn't know what to do. Right. And so um, 2008 hits and the economy goes to crap. And um, the Computer Research Association was like, we can't lose all these Ph.D. students. Right. Because there's no jobs. And so um, I talked to Juan and he was like, you should apply to the CI fellowship. And so I was like, OK. So um, I looked into it and I was just like, postdoc. All right. And I was just like, well, if I postdoc, do I have to teach? And he was like, if you postdoc with me, you don't have to teach. <laughs> so I was like, OK. Oh. And so he was and this was um, right as he was transitioning to Clemson. Right. And so he was transitioning to Clemson and he was just like, you know, I'm going to Clemson. He was like, you know, I think it's going to be really great over there. He was like, if you want to apply to see our fellow and be a postdoc in my lab, you know, come on. And so I was like, OK, we'll figure this out. And so I applied and um, it was really good, too, that I applied because my committee, my dissertation committee was kind of they were kind of lax. Right. And they were kind of like moving. We were all in, in different places. So my advisor had moved on from Northwestern, but he was still getting students out. Um, so he was in um, uh, he was in Canada. So he had gotten a position in Canada. So oh, he wow. Was, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I was in Alabama and my some of my other committee members were in North at Northwestern still. And um, so I was just like, I got to get this thing done. And so that was one of the things that was really helpful. So once I applied, they were like, you have to be done and defended by this time. And so I was like, Hey committee, I got this mm-hmm. postdoc. Y'all need to come on and, and read this thing and let me defend this dissertation, which worked out. <laughs> it worked out, but, um, <laughs> come on and read this thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah. So even as I transitioned into academia, the goal was still research. The goal was still to have a research career mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to do that. And so um, as a postdoc, that was my primary responsibility. I just worked with the students and I um, supervised some of the research projects. I worked on my own research projects. I learned how to write grants, proposals, um, which, you know, didn't always didn't nearly get funded because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But um, and, you know, you always got to have that lineage attached to it. But um, yeah, so I learned about kind of the everyday activities of research in the field, um, but I didn't end up um, teaching until later, right? So I held on as long as I could, right? So I transitioned my postdoc to a research professorship um, at Clemson. And, um, but, you know, that's one of the things that you have to deal with, especially if you're doing it in academia, right? It's like, you got to have the funding. If you don't have the funding, you don't have the position. And so, um, eventually it got to the point where, you know, I wasn't being able to, I wasn't able to be as successful as I wanted to be. And so, um, I had a conversation with my husband and he was just like, well, (laughs) why don't you just consider teaching? And I was just like, uh, 
I don't know. And he was like, well, if you can teach and if you can do research, then why don't you just give it a try? Give it a try. Tell me if you like it. If you don't like it, then you don't have to do it anymore, right? And I was just like, okay, all right. You know, that's fair. That's fair, right? Um, And so, yeah, so that's how I ended up transitioning from um, research professorship to um, tenure track faculty, right? Um, The cybersecurity component of the research that I do came into play um, when I moved to, when I got to Morris, right? So Morris College is one of the smaller HBCUs out in Sumter, South Carolina. And um, they were part of a... uh, a long-term grant consortium, a consortium funded by um, the Department of Energy. And so they were trying to establish their computer science program, their cybersecurity program. And so um, someone we know was like, well, yeah, they're looking for somebody. Would you be interested in this? And so I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'd definitely be interested in helping to, you know, build a department, right? Um, build a program, you know, I, I was uh, able to participate in, in some of that as a, as a postdoc and as a professor at Clemson, as um, Juan was putting together the human center computing programs, right? So I was there as they were putting that, he's putting that together and he got all that stuff approved. That's where I met Kyla. So we met at Clemson. That's um, right. Yep. And uh, yeah, so um, I ended up transitioning um, to academia there, right? And I was, I always had a sense that if I was going to teach, I always told myself, and I used to tell this to other people, if I was going to teach, I would have preferred to do it at HBCU. And the reason why I would have preferred to do it there is because of how much my HBCU experience gave me, right? And, you know, being able to look back, right? Um, and see how the the actual Black professors that I got to engage with really impacted my life, right? And so I was like, you know, listen, if I'm going to do it and I'm going to have to teach, I want to teach at HBCU. And so that was yeah, another reason. No, it makes sense. Yeah, that was another reason that I was just like, well, I'll transition, right? I'll, I'll transition to academia, but I wanted to do it in a way that I could be as impactful as other people were for me. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that's how I ended up um, doing the academic track. And so I went from Morris and then um, I went to Claflin, which was also part of the same kind of cybersecurity consortium. Um and uh, yeah, and and I, I I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work. I did a lot of teaching. Not as much research as I wanted, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I still got a chance to engage with some research projects and, and work with some people, meeting new collaborators, um, um, learning new things, right? Because again, I'm nosy. I want to learn all the stuff, right? And so the cybersecurity component um, really became really interesting to me and the actual intersections of cybersecurity and human center computing and social computing and stuff was where I finally transitioned in terms of research interests. Yeah. How did so. you end up in industry though? Cause that's where you are now, right? Yeah. So eventually, even though you yeah. were thriving, you decided to transition out. I did. So. <laughs> I was, I was thriving. Yeah. I was, and that's I a was story on the we don't track. usually get. I was doing the thing, right? I was doing all the things. I was, you know, making it work. And um, pan- the pandemic, it was the, it was really, the pandemic really um, affected me in a number of ways. Um, and it cl- crystallized for me that although I was enjoying being able to be kind of uh, the impactful presence in the lives of the students and um, really being able to kind of explore a lot of different kinds of concepts, I felt like I was doing a lot of things for a lot of people and I wasn't able to really be able to engage in the kind of projects I wanted to engage in. Right. Um, I wasn't able Mm -hmm. to really take the time that I wanted to take to be able to do 
the kind of research that I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't able to program. Like, I'm like, I hadn't written a program and I don't even remember how long. And it was, it broke my heart. Like, I think the last semester um, I taught at Claflin, I taught programming languages and I was kind of excited about that. Cause it was like, Oh, I get to write programs now. Cause I got to write the programs for, you know, the, the classes and stuff. Right. Um, and, and that was one of those things where I was just like, what am I doing? I was like, you know, I'm getting up here. Right. Like, I think I turned 40, I turned 40 into in uh, 2020. And I was just like, you know, I don't want to look back and say, you know, I could have, and I wish I would have, um, and, you know, if it weren't for this thing or I wish I could have done this thing or that thing. And so I just decided I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the things that I really enjoy about the job. But I don't I don't have to do it here. Right. You know, um, y'all are both professors. Yeah. Right. Y'all understand that, you oh, know, yeah. the work, the work, what the mission is doesn't always translate to what the work ends up being. Right. And so, um, right. And so, you know, ultimately, Rick. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the time I spent there, but I really was, I felt like this is not the work. This is not the work and it shouldn't be this hard, right? It shouldn't be this hard mm. to collaborate with people, um, to create meaningful experiences for students, to be able to to actually teach them how to do research, right? So giving them the time yeah. to be able to do these things, right? So it was like all these things were in the way of being able to mm-hmm. really engage students in the way that I wanted to, to engage technology in the way that I wanted to, to continue to be um, current in the field, right? Um, I mean, that's one of those other things that being a professor nobody talks about, right, is that, you know, you got to pick your lane and that's your lane, right? Because that's your, that's your lifeline, right? Because you have to be this expert in this thing. Um, And, you know, and some of that really just didn't vibe with, with my creative spirit, right? Some of it just didn't vibe with it, right? Mm. Um, I wanted to be able to do things that were more out of the box. And um, I'm not, you know, well, I mean, you know, being at at Clemson, I know that big schools, little schools, it doesn't really matter. Um, schools are, are invested in their processes, right? They're invested in their processes, whether they work yeah. or whether they don't, um, whether they're efficient or whether they're not, outside of a university. So, oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, like you've been at yeah. every type of institution, so you've seen how those processes fail. Right. And, and I, and I think I, I kind of got tired of it. Right. Cause even, um, as a research professor, um, you still saw some of that, right? It's like this balancing act that you have to have. And, you know, I ain't, I'm not telling y'all anything new, right? Um, the balancing act is hard, you know, being able to really, um, find meaningful enjoyment in what you're doing and also get the job done is it's hard. Right. And, and another thing was, I was just, um, less inclined to sacrifice the, well-being of my family unit right so that's another thing that I felt like was really important is my son had to transition online he was he was in the house right so you know there was a point we were all in the house right he's trying to do school I'm trying to teach classes um and I was just kind of like nah I need to I need to show him something different right I need to show him that the relationship that you can have to what you do to support yourself can be different and it can be enriching in ways that, 
you know, what we, and you know, my generation, and I'm not sure, maybe y'all's generation as well. Um, the kind of things that we were, that were kind of, you know, put into us about work. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm, are y'all, y'all are considered millennials, I guess. Right. <laughs> Are y'all millennials? I don't know what I am. Yes, but, Kyla, so, you're a yeah, millennial. So, okay. I forget the numbers and what's the <laughs> right. cutoff. She's a so, millennial. Um, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, too. I'm at yeah. the end. So there's, my brother is not, but I am. It's weird. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, like I think um, a lot of the, one of the things that, you know, y'all get a bad rap, but I don't think y'all should get a bad rap, right? Because um, I think one I of the know, things. People just want to say millennials when they mean young people. But right? millennials got back problems, so they need to we stop already on, We already on Gen Z, do. right? We on Gen Z, Gen Z, <laughs> right. Alpha. We on we on Greek letters. No, there's a new one. one. Yeah, there's a new one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't um, know what they are. Yeah, no. I feel like one of the things that I feel like is is associated with millennials that I find to be so refreshing is this idea that you don't have to do work just to do work, right? I feel like that's a that's a disservice right. that was given to my generation and maybe some of the generations before, right? Um, and you don't have to sacrifice everything for a job, right? You know, yeah, you want right. to be able to live. Cog in a cog factory. Exactly. And I think your humanity has to be able to come to the spaces that you're in. Um, and, you know, it, it it should be able to be something that you don't hate. Like, you shouldn't be, everybody shouldn't be at work hating being at work. You know, and I feel like we've been taught, oh, you're lucky to have this job. You're, you should be grateful. You should be this. Yes, you are grateful for your opportunities, but also you're not going to kill me. You won't well, break my soul. We also said the like, poetess Beyonce. go to therapy. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. I love that. I love that. Like they, they don't. The, I love that the children go to therapy. Well, I guess, you know, I'm sorry. I called it anybody that's basically like 29 or younger is like the children as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But you're like, you know, it's like going over the boomers. We got to go because of the boomers. They won't go, but we can go to to fix some of their stuff. Yeah. So that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a, whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a different but podcast. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so it was really like, I, I wanted to be able to live and work in a space where I felt like I could be creative in the way I could be creative and still be, you know, effective. Um, I still, I, I have clients that I work with that are in academia. I have clients that I work with that own startups. Um, I have clients that just have small businesses. And so um, I want to be able to provide the richness that I receive from all of the experiences I have um, to people, right? Because, you know, I feel like another thing that academia is doing is really um, exacerbating the divide between what's happening in the real world in terms of technology and what's actually like going on at schools, right? Um yeah, you know, it's in we're and, having a lot of conversations about that in oh, in yeah, my yeah. area because it's oh yeah, you know, in engineering education and computer science education, like you know, what is actually happening and what are we actually teaching? Like, and yep. there's a misalignment there. It's the real world and Narnia. There's the lion, <laughs> the lich, and the wardrobe, and then there's actual life. Yeah, to they're not talking yeah, to each other, and and they are like not. you know, big universities they have these advisory boards of people from all over different types <laughs> of companies or whatever, like that. and they're supposed to be given input and all this yeah. stuff, and it's just like they're just talking at each other. Yeah. 
Nobody's but they like, do give input, but nobody do. wants to change. Like, so saying, for example, they've been telling us for it. years to change the intro language to Python. Yep. It is currently mm-hmm. Java. And mm-hmm. we know that Python's here to stay. It is mm-hmm. the standard. Yep. But who has changed it? Nobody over here. Mm-hmm. Nobody. All of that. Nobody. So, yeah, we, we feel you. We see you. We understand. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Look- What can people hire you for? What kinds of things do you do to support academics? So I do, um, I do a grant proposal consultation. So um, I've actually worked with a couple of folks that were writing proposals for NSF. Um, I can, um, I actually do curriculum development. So I actually have um, some contracts where I've done some curriculum development. So building courses, um, building materials for courses, Um, I do general kind of technology consulting. So, um, I also do, um, development. So I have a current research project where I'm working with, um, a faculty member on building technology for their research project. So they have an NSF funded project and they needed Hmm. some technology development done. And so I'm, I'm working on that. Right. So, um, you know, all of the skills that I have. We might have to talk offline about some stuff. Listen, (laughs) listen, you know where to find me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, so, you know, I have a lot of skills. I mean, I, I worked really hard, right? Like I worked really hard in every job I ever had. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, right. I'm like, and these skills you know, don't go away. Those skills do not go away. And, and I always thought there was, there's a, so many places that I could, you know, I can help people. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that's really what I've been focusing on is really, you know, learning how to be an entrepreneur. So I'm still in the process. I'm still learning. Um, shout out to my friend, Michelle Hayward. So that's my um, my my friend tour. I call it my friend tour, my friend mentor. Yes. Um, that's great. So, yeah. I met her at NSBC. She's so nice. Yeah, listen. Michelle. We Michelle, is, memes. Michelle is what's up. <laughs> Michelle is what's up. Um, and so, good. yeah, right. Um so, uh, you know, she's been really helpful. She's are you really still helpful. getting flued out? That's the question I want to know. Because you were talking about being flued out. So I wish you, I would get flued out. out. Girl, I ain't never got flued out. You know, academia <laughs> don't let you get flued out. Look, you got to get on that level. If you get on that that level y'all on, you get flued out. But um, no, nah, girl, I ain't getting flued oh out nowhere. Goodness. I got flued out I'm for the conference. I'm trying to get home. I've been out too bad. <laughs> You've been out too much. Get home. Get Not home. home. I need to get flued home. She has. She has. That's how I go. That's how I go. Look, you know, I'm look. I'm not really trying to be getting flowed out and flewed out nowhere these days because you know, COVID's still out here. Mm-mm. Um, hopefully, we'll be and gone. People be coughing with their whole mouth open. Girl, oh my God, <laughs> what look, is I'm that? still mask gang because I don't want. It's even gross. though COVID is Same. not like out here like it used to be, I don't want the flu. I don't want the cold. I don't want that stuff either. I don't want it either. Exactly. Um, That's not the only disease. Seasonal you can get allergies. From nasty no. Right. So. All of it. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, if you if you still mask gang, you know, I got a couple little side hustles, so I also have a um, a heavy, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's I got right. a um, a t shirt. Well, I got a design because again, I'm still creative, right? So I actually have a um, apparel and um, uh, business. So thoughts for the culture. So if you want to go grab you some t shirts, I also got masks. Uh, thoughts for the culture. You can find it on Instagram. Um, or on Threadless, but yeah, yeah do um, all of your plugs as we, oh boy. As we close all out. Our- you should do all your plugs. <laughs> yes, all of my plugs. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, and, I, where, I, and I, where people can find you online and all that. Yeah, so you can you can find me on Instagram. I got a couple different um, uh, little uh, aliases on Instagram. So um, my general Instagram DGM Wells. Um, I don't have any secrets. So my thing is public even though I ain't really doing nothing on there but showing my wigs and mm-hmm. my kid and 
you know, my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, I also have uh, Thoughts for the Culture. So um, that's my retail uh, site. Um, If you are interested in my Lego uh, situation, I do have a Lego Instagram, uh, Brick Diva B-Side. So um, that's where I usually post my pictures of my Lego city and um, all of my builds and my customs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, look, I'm actually going to awesome. be um, I'm actually going to be branching out and I'm going to be including some um, customs that I'm going to be doing for sale. So I'm going to be doing some HBCU inspired uh, Lego stuff. So for all the black Lego heads out there, um, I know there's not a lot of stuff out there. Okay. So I'm actually working on um making more things for the culture like for us right so um some custom builds of some of our favorite tv it. shows like martin and 227 and some of that kind of stuff so yeah yes. so if you're in the lego you keep an eye on that um and then um i will um be starting a podcast so i'm also doing a podcast with some friends um we are reading folks and so we like to read and so uh those book reading hoes are on uh, Instagram, <laughs> H-E-A-U-X-S. Um, so we'll be uh, posting some podcasts. So if you like to read and you want to hear some black women's perspectives on books and on uh, anything that is literary related, I feel like literary is a little too elevated for um, how we're going to probably get down. <laughs> but <laughs> are you reading Shakespeare? Yeah. So uh, oh, one of one my, of my friends that is on the podcast, she's a journalist. And um, so she's a journalist by trading and, um, and um by trade and so you know she she's like literary and i was like mm, i don't know if we should use literary but okay um <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah so you know we're, we're we'll, we'll be a good time i think you'll if you enjoyed this i think you'll really enjoy that i think you'll really enjoy that so uh, so yeah so that's all my jazz that's all my jazz um yeah so i i i try and make sure that i have all these opportunities for creativity in my life, I like to share my creativity with others. Um, being creative makes me happy. Um, being able to express life makes me happy. And we need more happiness in the world. We need more happiness in the world. We do. Um, shout out to Black Joy, everybody. Absolutely. Go get you some. Um, because we need it. But yeah. We do. Yeah. I love it. Well, this was a lot of that. So yeah. Well, look, I'm glad. Look, I, I look. I'll be the joy pusher. That might be a new T-shirt. So you keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> Black joy pusher. There we go. The joy pusher. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah. So I I've had fun. Man. Y'all are fun. Y'all are fun. Thank you. But yeah, it was so good. I knew parts of your story, most of it, but it's yeah. good to have all the linkages and hear everything and hear a, oop, a perspective that we don't usually hear in computing. Well, I'm so, glad. Or, or on this podcast. Yeah. And, and and one of those things that I feel like is really important is that, right, is that um, having to tell students, right, and I, I always like to share that story and I like to share my story with the students when I would teach students and I work with students because it's important for them to know that, you know, there is not one way to get here, right? There's not one way to, to work in computing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more broadly that we talk about the experiences and the opportunities in computing, I think the the more bang for our buck we're going to get, right? So, you know, the digital divide is real. It's still mm-hmm. there. Um, we need people in all parts of uh, the computing space, right? Um, and so that's from education to actually technology development to research, 
to um, just even being able to like be advocates and like proselytize about how important it is to have our perspectives be taken in technology, right? Um, being able to understand how people use technology from an actual perspective that's not a, a white gaze, right? Um, because, you know, it's, right. at, at this point, it's, it's endemic. It's not necessarily um, even malicious or, you know, at this point, this is the system. And so we have to be able to look past just kind of creating these kind of small channels to get um, people into computing, right? Um, and ladies, 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 please come join us. <laughs> please come join us because <laughs> we definitely need more ladies still. So please come join Absolutely. us. Absolutely. So we love you. We'd love to have you yes. in whatever capacity that you want to engage in technology. <laughs> Welcome. Amen. What they do at the church at the Amen. end? It's like, welcome all to the to the altar. Welcome to the altar. The doors are now. open. The doors are open. There you go. The doors, the doors are open. Are the, the doors of the computer are open. <laughs> the doors of the computer science of technology are open to you. Join us if you will. Will you come? Okay. I'm come. Then you have to sing "Come to Jesus." Just now. Oh, see, you know what? Well, no, we don't want to alienate everybody. Look, everybody, you know, everybody this don't share true. faith now, so we don't want to alienate nobody. Come to the hard drive just now. Come to the heart. <laughs> See? Jeremy's through with us. She is. She is. Listen. I was I'm waiting it. for one of you to say, come to the motherboard, because it felt Oh, great. that's even better. Come to the failed. motherboard. That's, that's even better. I love it. It's like that's a mecca better. of sorts. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. This is the mother. So, yeah. Anyway. But I've had so much fun with y'all. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for chatting with us. And I know yeah. you got to go. So, y- yes. Thank you for I have a child that needs to be uh, to retrieved. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been fun. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so and much. I'll yes. And I'm going to follow up with you on other stuff later. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace. Thank you.